If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Welcome back to the Thinking Crypto Podcast, your home for cryptocurrency news and interviews. If you're new here, please hit that subscribe button as well as the thumbs up button and leave a comment below. If you're listening on a podcast platform such as Apple, Spotify, or Google, please leave a five-star rating. This content is brought to you by Uphold, which is a great platform that makes it easy to buy, sell, trade, and earn cryptocurrencies. I've been using Uphold for years. They're a great platform. And right now they have some great promotions they're running, such as being able to buy and sell Bitcoin with zero fees. So no fees on trading Bitcoin. Also, they added Casper uh, staking and they enabled withdrawals and deposits for Polkadot. So if you'd like to learn more, please visit the link in the description. All right, my friends, we got some not so good news today. And I'm really, really angry with Alex Mashinsky. Now, I've interviewed Alex on my show uh, about maybe four or five times over the years, and we all know what's going on with Celsius, right? They filed for bankruptcy, and they have halted withdrawals of uh, the users' funds. And I really feel bad for everybody who's used Celsius and their funds are locked. There's a lot of people. And in fact, I will be interviewing one person who's been doing a lot of research on this, and she personally lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. But the bad thing is Alex Mashinsky and, and the other owner continue to withdraw funds while you and I cannot access our funds. So here's the article. Data shows that Alex Mashinsky, who resigned as Celsius CEO on September 27th, continued to move crypto out of wallets while withdrawals were suspended for customers. That's a dirtbag move, man. Uh, unbelievable. And he, look... I, we, he may not, you know, the law may not catch up to him on this, but karma will. I, I absolutely believe that. So um, almost $1 million in sell and USDC has been spent or sent to Uniswap and MetaMask since the beginning of October from wallets belonging to former Celsius Network CEO, Alex Mashinsky, according to the data compiled by Nansen. Uh, it says here, on-chain data from analytics platform Nansen identifies wallets belonging to Mashinsky, showing a steady stream of Celsius sell token and circles USDC stablecoin, leaving his six wallets over the last month. CoffeeZilla, a blockchain sleuth that exposes crypto scams on YouTube, claims to have spotted another wallet controlled by Mashinsky that has moved approximately $225,376 in sell in USDC during the last month. 
ownership of this wallet has not been confirmed by Nansen. However, on-chain data shows that it has been funded by a confirmed Mashinsky wallet. So guys, classic rug pull here, right? He's he's grabbing and running, taking the cash, while once again, thousands of people cannot access their funds. Um, this is where the SEC and US regulators failed us. Uh, they should have been checking in on Celsius. And uh, the fact is, Alex should not be doing this. Like, dude, try to fix this. Try to get the funds back to the users instead of doing this nonsense. So this is in addition to the $28,242 moved by Mashinsky in August over the course of a few days, as Coindesk has previously reported, and the nearly $27 million that was withdrawn by executives in two tranches before the firm declared bankruptcy. So once again, classic rug pull here, right? They're, they cashed out their, their funds. They're okay, while the, the users are screwed. Uh, Mashinsky did not respond to a request for comment by Coindesk uh, at the press time. According to on-chain data, Mashinsky's collection of wallets still contain $197,301 worth of crypto, primarily comprised of Cell and USDC. Uh, as you, you can imagine, he's probably going to you know, try to drain that $197,000 out probably in the coming weeks, but we'll see what happens. But like I said, guys, even if the law doesn't catch up to him and and the, the other owners, karma will. Um, this is not good, and I hope they don't show their face in crypto ever again because uh, I don't think there's any coming back from this, especially how, what they're doing after freezing withdrawals for users. They are cashing out. Well, they cashed out before the bankruptcy, and they continue to cash out while users cannot. Um, and uh, once again, I'll have that interview with a person who's doing a lot of research on Celsius and the lender and the uh, owners and so forth. Uh, certainly not a good situation. And I know it really sucks for some of you guys who you know have your funds on there. I know some folks were asking about airdrops and so forth for Flare. And unfortunately, there's nothing if the folks at Flare or anybody can do until this thing is settled in court, it seems like. Now, um, there, many of you are aware of the Mango exploit that took place, and apparently the exploiter has out himself and he returns most of the money. So this is some good news here, and I like that he did this. And uh, you know, I think these projects should pay bounties to people to go and try to exploit their their DeFi uh, platforms or whatever it may be their DAOs. So uh, these platforms can be much better secured and you know have their ducks in a row their eyes dotted t's crossed when it comes to launching million dollar services and funds and so forth and it just it, it helps put the guardrails in place so that nefarious actors who won't return the money uh you know won't be able to take them down so 114 million dollar mango markets exploiter outs himself returns most of the money Avraham Eisenberg defended his actions after returning $67 million. The Mango Dow plans to vote on how to divvy up the funds next week. So let's get into the details here. Avraham Eisenberg, who says he's part of a group that drained $114 million from decentralized crypto exchange Mango Markets last week, returned $67 million to the Solana-based DeFi hub on Saturday as he defended his actions, which have uh, excuse me, which have some or have uh, which some have called an exploit as an as both legal and highly lucrative. Um, 
and he gave a full tweet thread here. Today's tweet from Eisenberg, who was accused this week of being the mango exploiter after allegedly executing similar attacks in the past, marked the first time he was publicly acknowledged uh, or has publicly acknowledged his role in the exploit. He said, I believe all of our actions were legal, he tweeted. Mango Market said in a tweet that it's decentralized autonomous organization, also known as a DAO, community could or would vote in the coming days to decide how to divvy up the return funds. Mango's thread did not lay out a timeline for uh, refunds, but said there would be multiple DAO votes next week. Uh, here's a quote. Everything has to go through the DAO proposals. Daffy Duraji, or Duraj, uh, co-founder of Mango Markets, wrote in the project's Discord, my personal goal is to make depositors whole, and that's what I'll aim towards. But the mix of tokens and positions everyone had might be different. So guys, as I've said many times, we are still in the web 1.0 of uh, DeFi, if you want to call it DeFi 1.0, right? And I make that analogy of web 1.0 because there were a lot of exploits in the early days of the internet, a lot of hacks, credit card information stolen, and those were the dial-up days of of the internet. Uh, you know, internet security was not at a level it, it, it is now, right? Um, so that's what's happening here, guys. And it sucks. People are losing money. And that's why I'm not involved in any DeFi uh, protocols or locking up funds and doing any lending. It's not a risk I'm able to take, right? It's too risky for my blood. So I'm just watching from the sidelines. I may you know, tr swing trade some DeFi coins, but I'm not locking up any funds in any type of decentralized exchange and things along those lines. So that's just me. You know, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I'm waiting for further improvements on security and uh, better guardrails because we're just seeing exploits happen, you know, every month or a couple of months. And here's another example. Now, guys, uh, Ripple CEO Brad Garlinghouse tweeted out something today, which I thought was interesting. Someone uh, found a clip of him speaking about the SEC lawsuit and Brad was essentially saying the folks in, I think it was um, the, the UAE, United Arab, Arab Emirates, where he was there meeting clients. And someone told him, hey, most people outside the United States don't care about the SEC, that they're suing us. And I've talked about this a lot, where the SEC, the SEC it, they're totally off base here because these digital assets and crypto exist on blockchains that are globally distributed. And, and these networks are de decentralized. And other markets consider those tokens currencies. So, for example, Singapore, the UK, um, Japan, and so forth, they at Switzerland, they view XRP as, a, as currency, while Gary Gensler and the SEC and his cronies are trying to say it's a security. <laughs> so it's nonsense, right? And Ripple continues to expand overseas. And the quote was, no one gives a shit about the SEC and what they're doing, right? Those that are outside the United States. And then uh, someone said, you know, uh, they applauded Gr Brad for the language he used. And then Brad re actually replied to the threat. He said, my outrage has grown as the litigation has unfolded. There is no recourse. There is no consequence to those that brought this lawsuit. The SEC's pursuit of a policy objective isn't about a faithful allegiance to the law. It's about power. We, we've, of course, talked about this, guys. Um, and it's essentially the incumbents fighting back and, and Gary Genser trying to, uh, you know, get the Treasury job and so forth. Uh, Brad continues. He says, there is no regard for those companies and people that this approach has harmed. 
We all should be outraged. The SEC has clearly forgotten that the government works for the people. Absolutely. Uh, those are sentiments I've shared on this podcast, this channel for a long time. And it's not just about Ripple. It's not just about XRP. I hold Algorand. I hold Cardano. I hold Chainlink, uh, other coins, right? And I know Gary Genser would love to go after all of them. And he's probably right now looking at what angles, right? Just recently, He's trying, you know, he's trying to go after NFTs. Um, there was a, a report that they're looking into the folks who created the Board Ape Yacht Club NFTs. So uh, they're just going after everything, and uh, we need Congress to act. Now, Attorney John Deaton weighed in on this, and he said uh, what Brad uh, tweeted. He said, "In case you were wondering why the CEO of Ripple used quotes, allow me to explain. A federal judge." Sitting in the SDNY stated that SEC lawyers like the SEC enforcer enfor, enforcement director, excuse me, and its non-lawyer chairman, Gary Genser, lack a faithful allegiance to the law. Uh, even the judges in these cases are seeing that the SEC is out of bounds and their hypocrisy as well. Now, final item here I want to let you guys know about. It's it's interesting. Um, you know, it could be seen as maybe a negative, but I, I don't think it is. CEO, uh, Coinbase CEO, uh, Brian Armstrong plans to sell a uh, part of his Coinbase stake to fund science research. This is interesting. So Brian Armstrong is looking to sell part of his Coinbase stake to fund research in science and technology. The Coinbase CEO says he is still bullish about crypto and plans to run the company for a long time. Um, Armstrong made this known in a Twitter thread on Friday as he stated that he will sell about 2% of his Coinbase stake as CEO Brian Armstrong owns 16% of the company. According to a 2022 proxy statement by Coinbase, Armstrong's stake amounts to uh, almost 60% control of the firm's voting shares. According to the announcement, the Coinbase CEO is looking to fund science and technology research. Here's a quote, I'm passionate about accelerating science and tech to help solve some of the biggest challenges in the world, Armstrong said. So we'll see. Hopefully this is not, you know, some red flag, but I don't think it is because it's just a small share that he's selling. But um, let's keep an eye on this. Um, not that, uh, you know, crypto is dead or something bad is going to happen, but uh, I think we do want to watch this because if Brian Armstrong just leaves, you know, what does that mean for Coinbase as the, the largest U.S. exchange? And, uh, you know, their plans for expansion. So uh, I, I say that in a way because I also hold a stock. I bought the Coinbase uh, stock dip and so forth. And, you know, when when a CEO leaves or, you know, he does something that may be perceived as negative, uh, that could send the value to stock down. Uh, you could also affect the crypto market, right? Being they are the largest U.S. crypto exchange, publicly traded, um, you know, with a big brand. So we'll see what happens. Just... Some, an FYI. Let's let's keep an eye on this. All right, guys, let me know what you think. Leave your thoughts and comments below. Hit the thumbs up button, share this video, and I'll talk to you all later. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.